0: Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous, large uh, carnivore out there.
1: Yeah, I saw that bird get a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting
2: dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue, what was throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 3.7 out of my backpack, and looked back, and that's when I saw it, I saw one.
1: it's actually attacked to railroad workers, uh, killed livestock, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. See you pal. Good Sunday evening, Monster Xers. This is Sasquatch Coffee founder and Monster X host, Gunnar Monson. And with me, as always, is my good friend Shane, Shane Corson. You might have heard Shane on, on, uh, also on Cryptologic Radio. Um, Shane, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing great.
3: I'm <laughs> doing
2: fantastic. I've really enjoyed... Uh really enjoyed my time at the hopsquatch event today, so i uh, glad to be here at Monster X radio
1: yeah, I know it was uh so we if uh you're not familiar or if, even if you are hopsquatch is uh an event that uh Guy Edwards hosts in in uh, Portland once a month um, and there's always a he always gets great speakers today we had Todd niece and Diane niece um that presented information, you know, about talking about technology and 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 uh unveiled some of their future plans. Uh they both had um Bigfoot related uh, entities that they are combining now that they uh they actually got married at Beachfoot last year, so it was uh that was pretty cool. My that was my first Bigfoot wedding. I don't know about you, Shane,
2: but um
3: <laughs>
2: it, indeed it was my first Bigfoot uh, wedding I guess yeah but yeah
1: so um, what do you think I, I like the, the stuff that they, they presented um, Todd's always interesting and it's interesting because Todd's one of the first guys uh, that I actually went out with uh, out, and he took me out to the area uh, near near not exactly to the place where he had his encounter but but in the Saddle Mountain area, um, we hooked up, and uh, he showed me they had had an expedition out there. Uh, he he uh, spent I think it was eight days out there with uh, with Peter Byrne and Ron Moorhead. And, yeah, eight uh, days. Yeah, and he 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 told he touched on the story that he shared with, with uh, me and the other guy that was. Uh, was a member of the B.F.R.O. and we, he he had something scream at him at night, and uh, what he didn't tell it at the hopscotch is that he was actually taking a leak <laughs> in the pitch pitch black up against a tree, and uh, when when this thing screamed at him with a volume that he uh, just and he just froze, so. Yeah, they have some experience, interesting experiences up in uh, the Saddle Mountain area, there east of Seaside, and it's like I mean that's well, that's always one of the cool things and interesting things about people that have sightings, Bigfoot encounters, is like it's a defining moment in a lot of people's lives. I mean, that changes people. There's people that before were really comfortable in the woods and won't go in the woods anymore, or at least not in the area where they have their yeah. encounter. And in, in Todd's case, right. he be, you know, it, it, he became a Bigfoot researcher after, I mean, he's been in pursuit of of uh, confirming their existence ever since. And he's, I mean, been, can't imagine how much uh, resources he's poured into uh, trying to that end, trying to find, you know, Find evidence of of their existence to prove them, and uh, he's not done yet. They have some some very ambitious uh, plans. Me and Diane do to to uh, over the next. They have some short, medium, long term range goals that uh, are really ambitious. With always the end as I think result, hoping to to uh, prove that they exist. So. I thought it, yeah. I, I found it informative. I mean, uh, um, and I've known them both for a long
3: time. Very
1: yeah. cool couple. So, well, and they of course are the hosts of what, each every year.
2: Yeah. What uh, What makes them such a great couple is that Todd had had this experience, this sighting, that was you know corroborated by you know four other individuals back in 1993. And Diane, you know, um I don't to my knowledge she's never had a a sighting. She's been involved with research for a long time but never had mm-hmm. a sighting. But yet she's she it's kind of like um and not that Todd's not skeptical. He's very skeptical of a lot of evidence and whatnot, but Diane is very skeptical of a lot of evidence. Not that she doesn't believe, she fully believes in the existence of Sasquatch, but those two um paired up make such a great combination um, and, and that, that showed in the, uh, presentation tonight at the Hop, Guide Hopsquatch event. The, uh, presentation, you know, uh, showed that, that, you know, Todd, Todd started out with his encounter, gave a background about his military experience, what they were doing out there back in 93, uh, near Saddle Mountain, and, uh, you know, he went, he elaborated on that, and, and, uh, they went into historical, uh, you know, stuff, and, Diane talked about, uh, you know, unfortunately, which is prevalent nowadays, the hoaxers and the uh, people associated with hoaxers and whatnot and um, some of the real bad evidence. Uh, but she also went into some of the good evidence. So uh, they make a really good power team when it comes to this subject.
1: Right, and that's um, the, that takes foot last, that everything, you know, you run run the evidence. Through a fine filter and uh and that when you you know it's not bigfoot till you've rolled every out out every other
3: possibility
1: so uh, that's that's ultimately exactly. my exactly. approach. i mean i and i know that you you share that that uh, view as well so um, absolutely um it's,
2: it's we have what, i believe guy on on lot. Oh, we have Guy uh, online here. Uh, I just wanted to cover a few things real quick. Um, one was I wanted to uh, say thank you to Jazz Smith for our new uh, Facebook um, cover uh, photo and uh, emblem. Uh, fantastic job. You know, I reached out to Jazz Smith. He's out of England, and he's got skills that I do not obtain, and I asked him to create something for Monterey uh, you know, a new uh, uh, something to – uh represent us and he did a fantastic job. So if you're not involved with uh, Monstrex on Facebook, please join us and 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 look at uh his creation. I really really like it a lot. Uh, I think he really captured what we're about in this simple it's simple but profound. I really like it. Um and I like so it kudos well. to him. Thanks thank you so much, jasmine Yeah. Yeah,
1: thank you a lot. Yeah, that uh off the hook, very very uh, nice job so the new look of monster x take a look you
0: can see it uh,
1: on our facebook page uh, yeah the, the cover of the photo is is bomb so
2: yeah it's a bomb fantastic love it um secondly um before we get um guide words on here um uh, Cindy Cadell uh fellow um Till McForest, uh researcher and a project member um is running uh <laughs> running uh help helping running the Falcon projects uh runners uh as far as um people that are going to be helping those that are out in the field with supplies and she they are looking currently now still for uh runners uh people to supply those supplies out there uh, one to two weeks. Um, they've narrowed down the time a little bit. Uh, so if 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 there's anybody listening to the show that is interested in in being a runner for the Falcon Project, um, that can facilitate this and, and help out, uh, they're still looking for runners, and uh, it's a great endeavor.
1: Get a hold of Cindy. Yeah. yeah. Cindy, and that's Cindy Cattell. She's on Facebook. So um, I'm not I'm not sure what. Uh, other contact she's is that how she did did she tell you how that people should bet it's best for people to get a hold of her.
0: Well
2: um I, I will um she did not but I'm sure uh after tonight we'll uh post something in MXR Monster X radio on Facebook. Uh okay. we'll post some links there that you can contact her. Right now you can probably best contact her um on Facebook. But uh oh, after the show I'll uh, I'll definitely get uh some better contact information posted uh if you're interested if you're serious about this because it is a serious endeavor and uh they take it that way and you will be vetted somewhat so uh if you're interested and it sounds like something you can partake in definitely reach out uh, and we'll supply that information here after the show
1: and the thing is if you have, if you're not familiar with the Falcon project go back to the to our archives we had William Barnes on uh a couple weeks ago uh and uh listen to a show that uh the falcon project they're using uh, unmanned aircraft to to scout uh some areas and they're using that to, to be, they're they're gonna have people on the ground for what is the i think the initial commitment is six months is that right
2: yes for for the actual yeah. people in the field yes, six months yeah
1: right. So and then they're of course they're going to be uh, in an area that's not easily accessible. So that the need for runners to bring they, rather than taking up a bunch of time and coming back and forth out of the, the research area, they're having people take supplies um, into that area. So you know they're talking about exactly 15, 15, 20 miles in in that uh, uh, not you know in an area that isn't. Easily accessed by road, so um, I, I raised my hand. Yeah. I thought I think that would be cool. Well, I could make a commitment to, you know, I couldn't do it for six months, but but I had a week or two would right. cool. So yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: excellent. So that's, if uh, you'd like to, if that's something that's up your alley, you get old to Cindy. It's Cindy Rose Cadell on Facebook. Send her a message, and uh, and uh, I'm sure there. I'm not sure how many people they're looking for, but it's a cool way to to participate in, in a previously uh, unprecedented project, you know, long-term, on the ground, and using technology to try and prove the existence of mm-hmm. uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot forest people, Yowie, Scoopin'. Thank you, ben.
2: Yeah, and... and- and Cindy's basically just the coordinator for the runner, um, aspect right, right. of the project. So, uh, don't seek her out for a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> questions. Uh, she's just coordinating the runners, um, right. and, uh, she's a great person to do such and that's why they saw her out. Um, so, uh, we will, we will provide some information after the, uh, after the show for that and, uh. And look forward to uh those that are eager to sign up or possibly help out with this. But uh Gunner, what do you say about getting Guy on here?
1: Let's do
3: it.
2: Alright. Mr. Guy Edwards, are you with us?
0: Hey Collins. Can you hear me? Hey Guy. <laughs> How you guys doing?
1: I'm doing great. You know why I'm doing great? I just came from Hopsquatch.
0: <laughs> Did you guys have a good time at Hopsquatch?
1: Always I, I did thought, oh, great I another great todd program. And did a great job They did we talked a little bit i mean that it's it's one of those cool things to me is like it, to see how having that kind of experience uh changes somebody's life and like I was saying Todd, you know todd was was not into Bigfoot before uh, his experience, but it he he went full in after he had his encounter
3: so
0: Right, I mean, I, and you know, the thing, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's you know a, a huge distinction with Todd because he is even today is a no nonsense type of guy, uh, very serious, and so for him to it would require for him to have a face to face, not as close to face to face, but actually have a an encounter on his own to be able to um, buy into all this Bigfoot stuff uh because i think even even after he's had that encounter I mean, uh, and mean and it obviously you know was a pivotal point of his life um even today when he when he talked about it he he got um um i i think it's safe to say you know slightly emotional about it and I think that um that if you were to meet him on the street today and not know him from Adam, he would seem like such a serious guy that you would not think that he'd be somebody that would be into bigfoot research or even entertain the idea of Bigfoot. And I think it's all because of that one pivotal moment that you're talking about, Gunner, that uh, can change someone's life. And um, uh, that, that, that is one of my favorite stories too, because uh, just the alignment of the three Bigfoot's that the eyewitness um, perfectly symmetrical, one tall one in the middle, and then one on each on each side that was kind of like swaying back and forth, swinging their arms. Um, as soon as he described that to me, that has been been burned into my uh, my my memory, as you know, I mean, if if you're in a jeep in a caravan and you're driving around the corner, and that's the thing you see, I think that's something that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life.
1: And yeah, and they uh, he, he wasn't the only member of the his convoy there that saw it. They when it was there was four of them. It sounds like all together.
0: The, correct. The, correct. Yeah, and, and I, and I didn't the, know about the, yeah. That came, at least forward. came
1: forward. Yeah, and corroborated. And and they all had the same description. Um they all had the same uh, and and the way and the story that Todd told today was he was talking about uh how it came uh, a couple of the people came forward was there was this, they were having a conversation, uh, and this gal was, was talking about uh Todd's encounter and uh these guys happened to walk by at the exact moment she was talking about it. And they like, yeah. what are you just talking about? So I mean, I, yeah, it's it was almost like meant to be that that uh, he got corroboration.
0: Yeah, and I and uh, you know I also liked how he said that um, uh, at first he didn't mention it, and some some other guy that I believe was sitting next to him eventually brought it up to Todd and asked Todd what he saw, and Todd was not going to be the first one to admit what he saw, and so the the other guy actually before before Todd could uh you know, confirm, there was the other guy that said, Well, I looked like it was basically tall, hairy guy that we would call Bigfoot, you know? Um yeah. a very powerful story. Um I've had the fortune of, of being in him when he actually went through the hypno regression and um uh of the of the multiple witnesses that we've we've done the hypno regression on, there's always one point during the hypnosis where they start going from past tense, like they're remembering, then all of a sudden they're going to present tense. So, like, they'll start off as like, uh, well, first we went and did this, and then we walked uh, down the path, and everything sounds like past tense. Then as you get closer and closer to the encounter, all of a sudden they're talking in present tense verbs, and they're saying, now he's looking directly at me, and he's swinging back and forth, you know. uh, That transition always happens pretty close right before the encounter, and right when that happens, I swear to God, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up on end because you are all of a sudden right there with them. Like if, this is not like a memory that someone is recalling at that point. This is something that you're experiencing with the witness at that point. And it just, well, it, it the, just like
1: you uh, you facilitated that uh, that it's Doug Neacham that that is uh, and and you were you knew Doug before. And you kind of got Doug interested in doing that hypno regression with with Bigfoot witnesses, is that correct?
0: Yeah. Well, I always knew that. that well, you know, Doug is a clinical hip, hypnotist, and so he has a reputation to protect. And and so I was really, you know, it took me about a year to get enough guts to um, to ask him. Uh, we happen to be both. Uh, we both happen to have offices in, in downtown Gresham, and. um uh and to be honest, my my initial idea for all this came from Tom Powell. Uh Tom Powell had uh, had been saying that those UFO guys are ten years ahead of us. And so I was like, Well well how can you know, if, if that's the case, what are we not doing that UFOologists have already been doing and they were doing the hypno regression type of stuff and uh, it's important to say that um there's only a few people that can actually do hypnoregression. you actually have to be qualified so you can't just do uh you can't just be a qualified hypnotist i think there's only um four people west of the mississippi that are qualified to actually go in and and that uh, know the protocols to do hypno regression Doug Meacham has to be one of them but this is one of the things that um that uh, the those ufologists um uh were ahead of us on and I thought, well, there's actually something to this regression. And so I asked Doug after about a year and asked him if he would be okay with it. And so we've been collecting a lot of data. We've been collecting lots of witnesses. And eventually, uh, once we have it nice and packaged and, and we actually have a way to kind of like uh, um, uh, give our own voice to it or our own uh, 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 angle to it, we'll, we'll publish a lot of these videos. And Because and, uh, every one of these are recorded in video. And every one of them we actually have well documented as far as what happened the year it happened, and so forth but um uh but i, I you know uh, i'm I'm just so glad that Todd mees was able to to come in and to talk about his encounter, and just like everybody else, there's at one point where all of a sudden you're no longer remembering it with him, you're actually living the experience with him, and that was right when he turned the corner in that caravan, and he saw those three bigfoots staring back at him, and I was uh Almost extremely uncomfortable because you, you you felt like you were there.
1: And that, and um, Doug has has now done that with how many different witnesses? I mean, I know Todd was one, and there was uh,
0: another gentleman
1: that spoke at Hopsquatch. Uh,
0: right, and, we're, and we're, we've got we've got about half a dozen. We're working about. We, we want to get a lot more. And so, if mm-hmm. anybody is interested and uh uh doing some hypno regression to their encounter you know uh definitely hit us up either through Bigfoot Lunch Club or Hopsquatch or these two guys at Monster X Radio uh we would love to get as many encounters as possible and it's uh um at the very least if uh if as a witness you're a little bit apprehensive about it it will be the most relaxing sleep you've ever had in your life and we record everything and and you're fully aware of the whole point I think one of the things that are misunderstood about hypnosis is when you go under, that you kind of become unconscious. But the truth is, is you're actually conscious the whole time. You just feel extremely relaxed. It is the most relaxing feeling you'll ever have in your life. You'll feel fully rested by the time you're done, and you're completely aware of the whole thing. It just gives you the ability to basically have a better memory while, while you're going through, through those, through those um, uh, encounters
1: kinda of like opening doorways back to I mean that's interesting because I was I think a lot of people have that impression that being hypnotized means being out of control and that's not that's not the case at all.
0: Right, right, absolutely, yeah. You're you're in complete control the whole time. You're aware of your surroundings. Um you can keep your eyes open. A lot of people in order to focus more they close their eyes but uh um but it's it's uh but you are actually completely aware so
1: so switching gears a little bit, so you've been how long have you been doing hopsquatch guy?
0: this is actually uh, officially our third year we we did some unofficial ones uh um uh in uh two thousand uh but uh we've been doing it through the um through the lucky lab for three years well, we started off in um southeast portland or northeast portland and now we're in uh, a larger area um the lucky lab in northwest portland
1: and, so, and, yeah, you, and that room is filled i mean that room is, gets packed uh sometimes it's standing yeah. room i mean it's it's a very popular thing i mean and it's it's something that i always mark on my calendars like that you know i i am gonna work my schedule around being at offsquatch just it's its it's always cool i mean first of all you get to hang out with other bigfoot people you know so and where else can you do that and and, and it's the kick ass bigfoot i mean it's it just it's just a cool event and and the speaker's are always great i mean we've had you know we've had Cliff and we've had uh uh mark or uh, mark eight canyon Mark that's what I call him yeah Mark and, Michelle. Uh, yeah. Marcel, yeah, thank you, and uh, yeah, Marcel, yeah, and we've had—I mean, you've had all kinds of people, uh, and Rachel's Derek Randall from the Olympic Project has has spoken. I mean, just Tom Powell yeah, spoke. Yeah, we've,
0: we've had some uh, big academic guys like Mel Jim and Binder Nargle as well. Um, right. So. And uh, speaking of academics, we hope we we hope to have uh, Robert Michael Pile. Um, uh, some of you, some big fitters may be aware of him, but he wrote a. Uh, where bigfoot walks uh it's about the dark divide between mount adams and uh mount st helens and he's actually a world-renowned butterfly biologist um uh, but he also happens to be um really interested in bigfoot and his uh his big his book um actually sold out now it's in my second or third print uh but uh i highly recommend you guys if you don't know who robert michael pyle is um it's always nice to have someone from academia who's well-respected from another discipline like butterflies um, that uh, is also into Bigfoot and gives some. Uh, I think you know gives some academic credibility to Bigfoot. Um, and uh, I think one of the other things about Hotsquatch that I really like is I think people have been able to kind of network and get together. And uh, I think Shane could speak to this. I think uh, um, hopefully that uh, – I think uh, Shane got introduced to, to some people and a lot of people got introduced to Shane – as long as with the Tillman Group kind of was able to grow, I think, a little bit. And uh, I just think hopscotch oh. is a great time for people to kind of meet each other that otherwise would not get a chance to, you know, uh, know who they are just online. You know, you're able to meet people face-to-face.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I, I absolutely a agree, uh, Guy. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. There's a lot of uh, people that attend these events that, you won't find on Facebook or any social site that are silent speakers. I, they show up these events to learn more, and when they feel comfortable, they, they, they share their encounters or their experience or their research. And, oh, man, I can't tell you how many people since I've been attending these Hopscotch events um, have reached out to me, uh, knowing the areas that I research and, and had you know encounters in and whatnot, uh, stuff that I, I look at um, in trying to study. A lot of these uh. You know, individuals. Um, man, they will open up uh, when they feel comfortable, and they're in in a uh, in a room of uh, of people that are very interested in the subject matter and very interested in what people have to say. Uh, man, when you open that door, it's it's phenomenal. And kudos to Hawsquash because it has led me down some very positive roads in talking to individuals and and collaborating and stuff. And it's been really compelling at times and it's also been really fulfilling. Um and I learn a lot from those that attend, those that speak and uh whatnot. So kudos to, to Hopswatch for that because it has helped me out uh personally and I know it's helped out a, a lot of other individuals and groups that are serious about the research of this
1: subject. Well it's yeah, also a think- lot of, it allows a lot I mean you've got people of all different squatch. Um, perspectives in the room. I mean, you've got people that that are very flesh and blood, and you've got people that are 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 uh,
0: paranormal. for lack of a better word. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, and some of some of those people are you know very proud that they are paranormal. You know, I think Tom Powell comes to mind. Uh, is uh, is you know he he's actually you know teaches science at a high school, and he was at first had a very scientific approach to. All this stuff uh um and then now he's you know pretty uh wears a you know a proud badge of being paranormal um but I think that's um that is kind of the philosophy of hopsquash is is i think there's room for everybody to contribute and uh no you know you don't have to believe hundred percent in everybody's theories, but I believe there is still something of value to everybody who's doing research on 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 Bigfoot I think everybody. And everybody who's interested in Bigfoot is making a contribution, and I think that everybody who's making a contribution should be listened to, you know, and uh, we, don't have to li- we don't have to buy into everything they say, but I, I, in my heart of hearts I believe that if someone is interested in the Bigfoot phenomena, they are definitely making a contribution to the community, and then we, we should, you know, uh, pay respect to that comp- uh, contribution if we are all interested in getting closer to the truth about the phenomenon.
1: I, I I mean I'm not I'm a flesh and blood guy, but I I am open to the there's people that are having you know um, unusual experience that can't be uh, that don't fall under the bre- umbrella of known science and right and I and I don't dismiss them out of hand I like I I find it interesting it's always interesting to me is that a lot of you start talking to people that are interested in Bigfoot. There are also a lot of them are interested in ghosts there are also other you know unknown phenomenon that they and but you don't cross streams. it's kind of like ghostbusters you just uh,
3: right
1: it's okay that there's there's psychic phenomenon over here and you got bigfoot you got ghosts and you got your whatever but don't don't mix them together
0: right right well you know one of the greatest examples of of someone who uh, may who I, I may not agree with as far as you know maybe the paranormal stuff that'd be a, uh, Toby Johnson down in the Eugene area but if it wasn't for him we would have never had the the London Trackway that we discovered mm-hmm. and the London Trackway is is even though Toby is very much into that paranormal camp maybe even mind spoke mind speaking zapped. All those different kind of uh, key phrases that that uh, the paranormal people use, and he's also said that he's experienced firsthand. That doesn't mean that uh, you know that when he also has this other contribution that he's making, these physical prints of 120 plus tracks in um, uh, in uh, in uh, soil, and we don't know, you know, you know, the jury's still out whether or not how authentic they are, but still this is giving us tremendous amount of information about Bigfoot. And I remember I was probably the, um, I was there on the second day and when I saw these tracks in the soil, I just felt like this is the first time I could actually imagine in my mind's eye, what it would look like to see a Sasquatch walk out to a certain degree, take, take 90 steps, take 90 more steps. And I didn't know until I saw those things, saw those tracks that I never really pictured what it would be like to see Sasquatch out there in the environment, you know, especially, you know, when you have a trail. So um, so I think that's a perfect example of even if someone doesn't necessarily, you know, have the same ideology or the philosophy that you do, they're still making contributions to your own type of uh, research. So although I'm not excited about glowing eyes and uh, mind speak and being Zach, you know, um, I do love that we have these 120-plus tracks that we were able to mold and, and and try to do some research on gait, on walk, on um, and try, you know, if anything, get good practice on doing research, you know, trying to guess, is there more than one individual? Why would he go out into his lake bed? All these different questions spark a conversation with us. So um, that's why I don't, you know, from my own personal experience, that's why nothing should be off the table, and we should be listening to everybody every single person because they are making contributions if not today they will make some tomorrow because everybody's out in the woods trying to do some field research
1: and you do a great job of bringing everybody under under that one umbrella I mean people come I've not I've yet to see a fist fight at, at a pop spot so thanks
0: cuz that can be a challenge sometimes cuz sometimes <laughs> um, you know, even veteran bigfooters who have you know been doing it for you know two decades um uh normally would not be in the want to be in the same room together and uh in the uh and i would have to say almost every hopsquatch i have two people that have for whatever reason not want to be in the same room together but they still can they still come together for hopsquatch so i um so i'm I'm really proud of that and i and i i appreciate that the, that gets noticed
1: in fact um yeah you're kind of you're, kinda, you're- you're uh, partially responsible for Shane and I being together here on Monster X because it
0: was through Hopswatch.
1: Yeah, I know you made you're like you know. Uh,
0: well, Gunner's not matchmaker. giving
3: you.
1: A... <laughs> thank
0: you.
1: Yeah. I try not to say it.
3: But,
1: no. <laughs> but actually, I mean,
0: it
1: was through yeah. is oh. I met Cindy. I met Cindy Cadell, and and uh, Cindy invited Shane up to our research area and Shane and I became friends and one thing and Shane was originally on Monster X and had gone on to do cryptologic radio and then I got on I was uh invited to be on Monster X and and uh Johnny took some took stepped aside and, and the first person I talked thought, thought of was Shane, so
0: That's great. Well you guys are doing a great job with Monster X.
1: We're, we're in, it's really, it's fun to do. I mean, it's, I, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is Bigfoot. So it's uh, cool to have a, uh, sit around and, and, uh, BS with my friends about Bigfoot on the radio. So
0: what did you yeah. guys think it, of, it, uh, it's you know, really Todd? cool.
1: What's that? What'd you say?
0: Well, I was going to talk I? about, I was kind of curious, you know, um, I think Todd made some major announcements at the very end of Hobgocs as far as, uh, his future plans of what he wants. Number one, he's, he's migrating the primate, uh, uh, his, his, uh, um, organization with Diane's organization. And they're combining their organizations, which I think is, is fantastic because uh, they both had Bigfoot research organizations for over two decades. And between the two of them, 50 years of experience. Uh, but he also talked about some long-term plans. I was interested in what you guys thought about some of these longer term plans that. uh, because uh, this was the first time he's ever announced him, and I didn't know he was going to announce him at Hopscotch, so I thought it was pretty breaking news.
1: It is. It's, it's a, a hop squat scoop. What's that? It was a hot. It was a hop squat scoop. Oh, it
0: was yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think you know he had some uh, you know near term, midterm, and I'm pretty excited about his long term plans too. I think uh, um, I you know I I can't think of a better person to organize. Um maybe a, a a larger type of almost a facility, I think is what he was talking about.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. that was a yeah. really a cool uh, and and ambitious uh sounding project to he wants to have a like a re, uh, for like I mean a primate unknown primate research, a Bigfoot research center basically where people can yeah. come and and uh I mean, I, I can See a uh, future hopscotch taking place at
0: such a facility. Absolutely, I and think maybe that, and maybe I
1: mean.
2: uh, maybe maybe a Sasquatch coffee uh, little area in there too <laughs> for you know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I did. I did make note that on his uh, he had left that out of the blueprints, but I'm I'll be talking to Todd and Diane
0: about that. Right, we need we need a little barista <laughs> corner.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it But uh
0: so overall.
2: Um, you know
0: yeah
2: <laughs> but overall Todd's got some um some some great ideas and uh some some rather large uh ideas you know um that i i think that can i think they can happen i think they will happen um down the road maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but down the road i think his ideas are um well placed i think it's kind of what's needed is a, almost like a central command, um, so to speak, somewhere where it's it's grounded on science uh, and that can com- yeah. you know, compile data and data and all that in one place um, that is, like I said, grounded on science.
3: Uh,
2: I think that's it's a novel
1: idea. I really like it.
3: Well, I think and that, I
0: like
1: that. Co- that I comes come- up. That's come up a number of times in the last couple of years in in my talking to people. I. Is that there is a lack of cohesive research in Bigfooting. You know, you got all this, there's a lot of fragmentation. And uh, even today, in in, uh, the question that I asked at Hopsquatch was whether how many, if if Todd was aware of how many DNA samples that had been processed had come back as unknown primate. And he was not not sure. I stumped, stumped the speaker, so. I, I should have got a, won a Vegas espresso coffee or something, but
0: yeah, um, yeah, you should have a price for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, you know,
1: it, it, that's that's a a cool idea, is the idea of having mm-hmm. uh, a central location. Because what you know, now I I've always wondered what would happen if somebody uh, that didn't have uh, a direct connection, say, to Doctor mm-hmm. Meldrum, uh, what would they do if they came across? Some conclusive evidence, say a body, or, or uh, you know, that's about it. There's about a body is about the most conclusive as you're going to get. So right. even now, if if all if we have th- you know you have DNA processed, um, it comes back as there's no type specimen to compare it to, so all we we have is uh, an unknown species, prime in, in this case primate. Now my question is. You know, depends how many of those exist, you know if it's two it's a little easier to to brush off if it's two thousand now uh, uh, and we can put those all together in one place, so we have we have now two thousand DNA samples that have come back in the same category as unknown right. I mean then it's a little then the weight of evidence becomes like you gotta pay attention to. But if they're all scattered about, and, and there's one over here, and there's one here, and nobody knows how many there are, and nobody's sharing it, and there's no central right. processing of that, then it's very, you know, makes makes the task much all that much harder. Uh, so,
0: well, I think you know the, the great thing is is you know between the you know the speakers that we've had at squash the attendees, and, and and all the you know uh, great research that uh, that Shane and you have been doing as um as you know we can pretty much focus on the pacific northwest you know that which would include northern california all of oregon and all of washington and although i know there's a lot of action going on all across the nation you know i think that because we're in the northwest and we've got really good guys in northern california already and I'm, i i would think of like you know Stroyfert and and, and Roddy kelly and all those other guys and then we've got you know this this a great community here in Portland, Oregon. And then we've got the guys at the Olympic project, which basically covers about as far north of Washington that you can go. I mean, I think that, you know, um, between the, the, basically the Northwest Pacific Northwest community, I don't mean to exclude anybody, but I think that we could really do a good job because Bigfoot's in our backyard. And I just feel like as a community, we get along better than most others. You know, I, I think uh, we're all eager to kind of help each other. And um, and uh, I, think, you know, I think part of the problem, why we haven't made much progress in the last 50 or 60 years, is because a lot of the researchers wanted ownership over their own research or what they've discovered. And uh, I think that with the generation we have now, I think everybody really wants to share. I think everybody, you know, I don't think anybody has to be the guy that does it. I think everybody... Wants to just be a part of it, and I, and uh, so I think in the next you know five or ten years we have the best chance over any other time in history to really do some good Bigfoot research. I, so I would consider this like a golden yeah. age, really.
2: Yeah,
1: and I agree. The, it's yeah, not it's,
2: these events are not a, a hug fest by no means. Uh, it's a collaboration of ideas, opinions, experiences. Um, such with Hofsquatch, you know, you invite all realms of speakers uh, that had all sorts of encounters and, and, and bring their research to the table. It's not a hug fest, by no means. It's just right. a, uh, here, here's here's what I got. Listen to me, agree or disagree with me, and take what you will from that. And to me, that's what it's all about, because right now, um, we we don't have a whole lot to go on other than, what is given forth you know i mean shoot i have an encounter i have a uh, certain pieces of evidence but if you can collaborate and uh agree to collaborate and agree to maybe uh, disagree or agree um, you're going to be that much farther in research than if you just close that door close that box and shut off every idea every opinion um you get nowhere and then you're just you're, right. you're stuck with yourself
1: when the thing is, is that every everything in Bigfoot right now is basically theory. I mean, all we got is hypothesis, and I and what we, you know, we can start out and and it has to and with every hypothesis and theory, you have to go out and test it. So we can't. There's you can't just say this is fact and 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 put that forth because of, and and there is some of that in Bigfoot it's like it's true because I say it's true. And that, right, that's, right. Not, that's not scientific. I mean, that's uh, I, I have a strong personality, and, and uh, I, I will over- overwhelm you with my what I have by, by pushing it down your throat. <laughs> that is a, big, a giant red flag. Of, of uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you better pro- you better prove to me. You know, it's about evidence. What can you prove? It is. Uh, I think that the scientific community. Uh, well, first of all, the the public perception uh, and the media, in particular, jumps on anything that is funny or or farcical uh, or or hoax driven uh, in bigfooting because it makes you know a cute story, human interest story. Right. So it it challenges those that are interested in serious bigfoot research to to do a good job of. Of uh, vetting their evidence, and, um, and, there's, and that's a challenge with with the paranormal aspect of of Bigfooting. Is it, it's impossible to prove? You know, you can't prove mind speaking. All you have is anecdotal evidence. You can't prove cloaking because all you can all you have is anecdotal evidence. So even if those things are, you know, believe in them or don't believe in them or experience them or don't experience them, they can't be proven. So until we can prove that there and we can't even prove that there's a flesh and blood creature definitively. Right. So until we until we can do that, then then what other what what is their nature? do you know, can they I, I did a presentation at yeah. Scotch called Bigfoot's Brain and the idea was that maybe, you know, if we if humans can can be psychic, if we have some of those abilities, I don't think the humans yet are cloaking the I'm sure that I could find somebody that says that they do. But the idea is that it's, it's how similar to our brains a Bigfoot's brain would be. If if we are psychic, have the ability to be psychic, then if their brain is really similar to ours, then then perhaps they could have that ability, if you believe that humans have that ability. But well,
3: if we their can't brains go down
0: that yours, If their brains are similar to yours, Gunner, then we're in trouble.
3: I know, well, absolutely. <laughs> and, if, and if there's, if,
1: and if they're similar to yours, they're walking around the floor smelling each other's hair.
0: So not, I know. I, that's I, not, I, not my I fault. I can't great. be helped. I, I can't What's help that. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not so, my fault.
3: <laughs> so,
1: but it's it's so it's all theory. It's all speculation. Um, we've got footprints in the ground. We've got some. Um, you know, DNA samples that have come back is an unknown primate. Um, we have a- tons of anecdotal evidence, and and not much else. So right. it's hard for anybody to like, you know, jump on anybody else. It's always funny to meet the the people that come down so hard on people that that uh, have have had, for lack of a better term, ana- or, uh Paranormal experiences because and and mock them. I, I say, you know, that's that's a little like being in a glass house and throwing a rock. Because
0: we're we're
1: all a little nuts. We're we're uh,
0: looking for Bigfoot. So well, that's absolutely, bat- I, you know that's, that's like also why it breaks my heart. Because you know, as it as as anybody who entertains the possibility that Bigfoot is out there, we're already in a closed group, a unique. You know, we're on the fringe already. And right. so so um, you know, we're already um there's already probably a big popular culture that, that uh that thinks it's um uh, a joke to be even curious about it. So then you know, all of us that are marginalized and in this fringe, we really should have each other's backs. We really should be um right. you know uh, you know, supporting each other. Um and you brought up something earlier that I that I do think would be healthy is is you know when you're sharing your research, being open to somebody kind of pushing back a little bit. And uh, one of the things that I wish we had a little bit more of in the community is is um, not scofftics, but serious skeptics. Like um, uh, Brian Dunning is a is a is has a, a website called Skeptoid, uh, but but he's a really disciplined skeptic, and he doesn't say that Bigfoot is not. He doesn't he doesn't rule out Bigfoot, but he but um but someone like him being introduced to our community who has a discipline of of being a critical thinker would do tons to contribute to what we should be looking for and, and how should how we should be conducting our research because he's a he calls himself a Bigfoot hopeful but yet he's very critical of our processes and so he would be holding our feet to the fire as far as how we should be conducting our research, how we should be collecting our data, and uh, and at the same time, it wouldn't be just somebody that's, uh, that is just outright, um, um, you know, writing us off. It's someone who um, would kind of introduce that, um, what I would call, you know, that discipline that's required to present data or to present an argument.
3: Yeah, that's true, it. Skepticism, I like
1: that. true skepticism that's in that. the meaning of the word and i am a, yes. I'm, i would i would qualify myself as a bigfoot hopeful as well i mean I, yeah. I i lean strongly towards the possibility that they exist i i have too many i, I know too many people by one degree people like shane that have, have seen a bigfoot they they don't you know for them it's just going forward and and uh, Bringing it to light to other people and but i still reserve 2% Maybe you know two two and a half percent until I have my own sighting that uh, that maybe Shane and every other you know eight foot uh, witness is is wrong, perhaps crazy. I don't know. You know, he seems normal in person. Really does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. You never know what you never know what happens after you know after they leave the presence. He, he could wear women's underwear right. at
1: home. I don't know. I mean, that's
0: a... or people's skin, dead people's skin. Only when I'm
2: out in the field.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> it. keeps me on my toes <laughs> and prevents you from yeah. getting zapped. I'm sure.
2: Yes. <laughs> not all the time. Let me tell you.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but sir, I mean, it's. But uh, I, I can't. I can't say enough. I mean, good about what you've created in in uh in creating putting together the hops and and how I know it uh people don't I don't think everybody understands how much uh, work goes into making an event like this happen month after month after month and coming up with these speakers and
3: and, well, I, I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, the, you know, I I can't take all credit. A lot of credit goes to Angie Durant, too. Um, she makes sure that we have the spaces booked for the time period, and she's, you know, working the door. So, um, you know, it's – it's it's uh, it, it, I really couldn't do it without Angie. And, uh, you know, I think the other piece of it is uh, Jay LaHan, who um, he couldn't make it today, but he let me borrow his equipment. And – um I don't know if anybody uh if any of your listeners ever went to the Western Bigfoot Societies that Ray Crow used to do uh and I, I believe he still does them once in a while out in uh, St. Johns he does. but uh, okay but what happens is they um and uh they they're done in a in a diner where they're still cooking and grilling and the best audio they have is basically you know a, a boombox from the 1980s and a microphone you know <laughs> and uh although um uh, I I think that he has great guests. It's just, to me, I one of the things that I want to do at Hopsquatch is make sure that, you know, if we have a guest, that we have a really good platform for people to be able to hear them, see their presentation, and, uh, and uh, you know, you're not, you know, trying to hear somebody over dishes, clanking, or grills, uh, oh, s- yeah. simmering, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh,
2: but, and, there's, but you know, and there's always... Part of- there's always plenty of time to talk to the uh the the speakers after or during their presentation yeah. which is awesome, epic. Yeah, I mean right. yeah,
1: there's always question and answer. I mean it it's a guy who runs pop like it's Uh it, it's a question it's very interactive. You get to ask questions of the the presenters, you know, and and they stick around. They're always, you know, I've never had anybody I, I'm now, you know, friends with people that that I would have never had the opportunity, or it would have been difficult to have the opportunity to be friends with,
3: uh,
1: without HopSquatch. It's just that, you know, it, it it's a great uh, uh, place to mingle and and meet uh, the who's who in in a big footing in the Pacific Northwest. And and if 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 you can ever make it to a HopSquatch, um, I highly suggest that you do because it's You'll want to come especially, back again. I
0: sure. Yeah, especially this April, we have Larry Lund. If you guys don't mind me plugging my April hops-watch. Um Larry oh, Lund is uh, Larry Lund is a, is a guy who uh, did research with Peter Byrne. He's done research with all the original four horsemen. You know, Krantz, um, um, DeHinden, Byrne, um, and uh, Green. He, he's uh, done it with all these guys, and he's just maybe. Um, maybe 10 years younger than these guys, but he was doing research with all the major Bigfooters. He has tons of documents of every letter he's written to John Green and uh, to De Hinden. He literally has, uh, uh, in his own basement, he has a museum, basically, of every type of uh, conversation. Because back then they would do it with snail mail, and they'd actually use typewriters and letters. And he has every letter of correspondence between all these major Bigfooters and uh and uh, one day I hope to, you know, somehow compile all of them. But in the nineteen nineties with Unsolved Mysteries and also mm-hmm. Jay Leno, he was a guy he was he was the Cliff Berrickman or the Jeff Meldrum uh back then. He was a guy that everybody went to. He has uh within the last few years stopped doing any type of Bigfoot stuff and and um and so basically he gets together, has breakfast with a couple of the old schoolers, but he doesn't do any Bigfoot presentations, any uh, uh, any conventions or anything like that. I've been working on him for no exaggeration for two years, trying to get him to come out of retirement and do a special hopsquatch event. And uh, finally I got confirmation that he's going to be there in April, and he's happy to do it. Excellent. And so this is a big get, big get for hopsquatch. I'm really excited but. uh this will—I uh, uh, don't imagine that he's going to do any more presentations after this. So um, I think he's going to come out of retirement just for this one gig. And I promise you, if if uh, if you're anywhere uh, within you know uh, three thousand miles of Portland, you will want to come <laughs> to this Hopscotch.
3: <laughs> and, and that's I, that's
1: probably under, understating. And if you can get here from England, I mean, if you can, you know.
0: That's true. Make, make yeah. sure,
1: clear your calendar to get the April HopSquatch. Um, I, I'm going to be reserving my seats as soon as I get right. off Monster X tonight.
3: So, um, if
0: there is one ocean yeah. between you and uh, the north, the continent of uh, North America, you need to cross that ocean to make it to this next HopSquatch in April. <laughs> so so uh, we, don't, I, I don't have March lined up. It may be Ron Moorhead who definitely has the best audio, but I, I really want to encourage people to make sure that you make it to the April one because it will also show Larry that this new generation of, of, of Bigfooters are very serious, very interested, and very much um, uh, respect the people that we stand on the shoulders of because um, there's a lot of things that I take for granted that I think I'm doing out in the woods because either other people are doing it or I thought I thought of it myself but it's probably because of these original guys have basically already thought of this. They've kind of paved the path for us, and so much so that a lot of the things that I find myself doing, I go, oh, John Green wrote about this a long time ago. Oh, you know, Grover Krantz was talking about this theory way back when. you know. And so um, Larry Lund is one of those guys that we probably are using some of his data, some of his information, some of his techniques, and we just don't realize it.
1: And that's yeah. like, like, well, like you're saying, he does not go out and do presentations now. So that shows a, the influence of uh, Mr. Guy Edwards in community. It shows how yeah. great my
0: smile is. Well, guys, I just, I just smile.
2: Guy, <laughs> you have a fantastic smile, a fantastic uh, event that you provide uh, every month uh, with the Hopsquats. Um We're down to a couple of minutes here. Actually, we're down to, well, less than a minute. Uh, anything you want to say before we uh, go off air?
0: Shane and Gunner, you guys do a great job. I really appreciate you guys supporting me every month. Um, we've got a Hopsquatch every third Sunday for the next, uh, all the way through November. So uh, just go to with two dot com and we always announce it on BigfootLunchClub.com. Um, looking forward to seeing any of you guys there. Thank you, Gunner, and uh uh for all your support with your Bigfoot uh with your Sasquatch Coffee.
1: Well you betcha. So and if anybody is looking for uh needs website work done or, or is interested in uh promoting their product, their their brand, um Guy also is a web uh magic man of the internet. Um he is behind uh our so coffee dot com website, so you can go check out our website at www.squatchcoffee.com. And uh, it's Brain Jar Media is Guy's company, and uh, he does a fantastic job um, in helping you get your, your brand out there and, and build up and get traffic to your website, which you can sell more stuff. And, and uh, I highly recommend it. So yeah, absolutely. On that well, note, we thank you. at our... Yeah, our hour. So,
0: Shane, Mister Corson, time, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> it sure does. It does.
2: Yeah. It does. Guy, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, and uh, thank you once again for uh, um, bringing um, another—I mean, just amazing and and uh, awesome uh, hopsquatch event to uh, Portland here. Really appreciate all you do, Guy. Really, really do, and uh, and just bringing these people to the table that uh, um, that uh, we love to listen to and learn from and uh, love these events. Uh, please keep plugging away, man, because you're doing a great job, and uh, I will always be a participant and uh, a fan of the Hopsquatch events. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank
2: guys. Take, Take care. And Guy Edwards in general, just big fan like well, Oh, yeah, and, and Guy, yeah, of course. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Whatever.
1: <Yeah. laughs> all, right, all right. Well,
2: that's
3: Everybody all have a- we
1: have for, for uh, Monster X this week. Um, tune in next Sunday at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, and
0: we'll have another
1: great show for you. So, live from Hopswatch we're signing out.